Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The following is a high-five moment from HighFiveCasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. What's up? This is Michael Rappaport. You are now listening to the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. On today's I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, PETA. Yes, PETA. You know, the animal group, they need to get a fucking sense of humor. Lena Dunham is definitely wild for the night. And the Rocky Chronicles, the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, Rocky Chronicles start today with the perfect guest who exceeded my expectations, Paul Shear. You know who Paul Shear is. You know the actor. He's funny as fuck. He was on the league the entire time. He's been on Veep. He's an actor. You know who he is. He's the fucking funny guy with the gap tooth. I'm sorry I'm saying that, Paul. He's a fucking right. He is a Rocky fanatic. We deep dive. And I'm going to be honest, it was everything I wanted from a Rocky conversation and more. Paul Shear is here on the I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast. Trust me, trust me, to tip off the Rocky Chronicles, he's the perfect guy. All that and more on a big body banging I Am Rappaport Stereo podcast coming up next. Miles Jordan, let me get something hype. Let me get something real nice, something real proper. Listen, we are winning at the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. You think people call me champ because of my good looks? Betting on sports makes these NFL games a little bit more interesting. I, me, the gringo man dingo, am giving you my favorite NFL picks of the week. And I have been kicking ass all season long. I'm doing it at sportsbetcollective.com, sportsbetcollective.com with commentary you will not find anywhere else. Listen, my first pick is free 
Sign up for a newsletter with free weekly picks from top experts giving you a betting advantage on the latest NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, and hockey games going on now. I am joined by a credible cast of sports media experts, professional sports bettors, retired athletes, and sports-obsessed entertainers. So whether you're a seasoned shark or a total sports betting beginner, sportsbetcollective.com provides an affordable way to help you beat the odds no matter what the size of your bet is. Catch all of my picks, my winning picks at sportsbetcollective.com. Dot com bookmark that shit. All right, all right, all right. Have no fear. The I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. My name is Michael Rappaport, aka the Gringo Man Dingo, aka the White Chocolatito, aka the Jeff Rulin of podcasting, aka the Jake Lamada. Of podcasting, I'm very, very hyped up. I I gotta be honest with you. <sighs> my my feelings, my thoughts, my emotions have been all over the damn place today. All over the place today. Um, I'll just jump into it. Um, I don't share these kinds of things often on the podcast because I I don't know. I like to keep some things to myself. I feel like I share, I share a lot. I feel like I share a lot. Sometimes too, too much. Um, but the the nature of show business is that it's a business. Like uh, Denzel Washington once said, and I have uh, quoted him, it should be called business show. Uh, so today, once again, I had to fire my agents. Now I'm not going to say where I was. I'm not going to say why, but I had to. Fire some agents, which, to be honest, some of my agents uh, at my uh, former place, I liked one guy in particular, and the rest of them were, uh, they were fuck boys, okay? They were fuck boys. They, they, I wouldn't trust them to get me a fucking coffee from a coffee store. They were little fuck boys, and I blame myself for dealing with fuck boys from the beginning. Again, it wasn't the agency; it was just a couple of them were little, tiny, little fuck boys. So you know what we had to do? We had to go bye bye, fucko, bye bye, bye bye. And I'm being honest; I don't like doing it because, again, a couple of people there were great. A couple of people there might even be listening to this podcast, and they know who I'm talking about. But the little twerps, uh, bye-bye, fucko. I'll see you later, fucko. You, you're representing the gringo man, dingo. You should wake up every fucking day. Big dick swinging. Even if you don't have one. I'm representing the fucking gringo man, dingo. That's a fucking thing to be proud of. Listen, I ain't fucking Brad Pitt or Will Smith. Okay, that's a different thing to be proud of. But if you're representing the fucking gringo man, Dingo, the Jake Lamotta of podcasting, me, Michael Rappaport, I go to the mat, you little fucking twerp. You little fucking twerp. So you're, now, you're, now you're gone. Now you no longer get to say you represent the gringo man, Dingo, because you didn't appreciate. You didn't appreciate what it actually means 
to represent the dingo. Um, I want to give a shout out to my guy who I saw at Uncle Paulie's this week who said, the gringo man, dingo himself, you made me feel good, my friend. Um, I saw him at Uncle Paulie's uh, sandwich place um, in, in, in L.A. And anybody who listens to the I Am Rapport Stereo podcast that goes to Uncle Paulie's, the sandwich place, the next time you go in there, why, say to them, break their balls, be like, hey, fuckos. Uh, I see you got yourselves a little wall of fame. Why isn't the dingo and the young shooter on the fucking wall? Oh, man. So uh, last night, I should have told the fans if there's fans in the L.A. area. I should I should have told them. But some of these things literally came hours before. So last night, I did stand-up comedy. I had a day yesterday. Aside from firing these little fucking twerps, um, I did Skip and Shannon, Undisputed. Then I did The Herd with Colin Coward. Love those guys. Love those guys. I will be back on both of those shows Christmas, uh, the day after Christmas, the 26th. And I specifically uh, asked, could I go back on Undisputed with Skip and Shannon, the 26th? Because on the 25th, it's they call that the start of NBA season, but the Lakers play the Warriors, and I want nothing more than the Warriors to beat the dog snot out of the Lakers in front of the entire world because everybody watches basketball on Christmas. And then I want to go in there with Shannon Sharp and my guy Skip, and I want to break Shannon Sharp's chops because I love breaking his chops. But I did stand-up comedy, three what we call gigs, three gigs in one night. I'm not playing with this stand-up shit, okay? I'm getting, uh, I'm getting my groove, getting my my flow. Um, it's a very interesting process because you never know how it's gonna work. I still even, you know, I I'm just getting my my sea legs underneath me. I appreciate uh, the fans that I know uh, were out the other day at the comedy store, um, and the people that I've seen at, at, at the other shows that I've done in Los Angeles. Right now, I'm just keeping it local. I'm, I'm at the gym. I'm at the gym. I'm working out. I'm working out. I'm working out my stand-up comedy uh, stuff. But I did three gigs. I did the Laugh Factory, which I've never played there before. Uh, then I went to the Comedy Store again. Um, and then I went to the Improv. I'm like a fucking stand-up comedian. okay? And I'm trying to get on my Red Fox, my Louis C.K. That's right. I said Louis C.K., I fuck with Louis C.K., okay? I fuck with him. I fuck with his stand-up. I'm trying to get on my Red Fox, my Louis C.K., my Eddie Murphy delirious days and all that shit and, you know, and find my voice and my point of view, my George Carlin and my Richard Pryor shit. I'm trying to do all that. Um, but I'm working the, uh, the Golden Pipes. I'm working them. I don't know if uh, my voice sounds totally clear right now but it's been it's been a day it's been a week it's been a year it's it's been a fucking year yo 2018 is done it's done the first week of december's finito we're we're, we're done motherfuckers are going to start checking out and uh then we're going into christmas we're in the middle of hanukkah and it's over this shit went by fast 2019 is I could sniff it. I could smell it. I don't even know how I got on that. Um, so I told you earlier, Paul Shear, Paul Shear, 
Do you know who this actor is? He's a funny dude. He's a dude who, if you don't know his name, you definitely know his face. He's been in tons of shit. I first started uh, watching him when he was on that show, The League, on FX, um, about fantasy football. It's one of my ways that I first started really even caring about fantasy football before I started playing. My kids actually watched the league, and that's how they initially got into fantasy football, which got me into fantasy football. Now you're talking to senior fantasy football analysts. The rest is history. But Paul Shear um, is coming on the show later on. And listen, I told you that I wanted to do the Rocky Chronicles, and we're going to do them. I don't know when it's going to end, but it's starting today. We deep-dived so headfirst into all things Rocky. And I really, uh, I'm excited for people to listen to this. I've gotten a lot of uh, comments and interest about the Rocky fan group. We're still trying to figure out the technicalities of of doing it, how we could all do it. But I've had Girls Express wanting to be in uh, the Rocky fan group. Obviously a bunch of guys. Uh, We don't want it to be dude central. We don't want it to be sausage soup. Uh, Rocky's for everybody. Rocky's for the children. It's for the women. It's for everybody. Um, so, but Paul Shear and I deep dive. We talk about Creed two first, and then we go back into Rocky two, Rocky one, Rocky three. Uh, we talk about Rocky five. He has great point of view. I have uh, my strong point of view, and it's truly a Rocky Creed lovers delight. It's it's really dope. So later on in the show, my guy Paul Shear. Um, is rocking with me on the uh, Rocky I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast Chronicles. So PETA, you know PETA? What the fuck does PETA even stand for? PETA, what does PETA stand for? I don't know. Listen, if you've never listened to the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, we fact check nothing. People, uh, the ethical, uh, PETA is the people for the ethical treatment of animals. PETA, that's what it is. I donate to PETA. My mother donates to PETA. I have a rescue dog. But PETA, you need to lighten the fuck up. PETA put out a a whole uh, slew of things this week um, saying that they, uh, just as it's become unacceptable to use certain racist and homophobic phrases and language, we should also stop using phrases and sayings that are uh, trivialize the cruelty to animals. For instance, this is some of the dumbest shit ever. Peter, come out and see me do some stand-up comedy. And if I can't make you laugh, I'm sure some of the other people uh, that I'm doing stand-up comedy can make you fucks laugh. Because you motherfuckers are taking yourself too seriously. You're comparing racist and homophobic language to sayings like Kill two birds with one stone. They're saying, don't say kill two birds with one stone. That's offensive. That incites animal cruelty. Instead of saying kill two birds with one stone, you should say something like feed two birds with one scone. Fuck you. That doesn't roll off the tongue. We're not changing history. It's not literal. It's a saying. Instead of saying be the guinea pig, their Peter is suggesting we say be the test tube. We're not saying that either. Instead of saying, don't beat a dead horse, it says, why don't you feed a fed horse? Why don't you eat a dick? They suggest instead of saying, bring home the bacon, bring home the bagels. I'm eating bacon. 
I'm eating my fucking bacon. I support the animals. I support the pigs. And I also am going to eat my bacon. I'm not a vegetarian. Why don't you uh, vegetarians and the PETA people stop saying things like tofu turkey? Why is it okay to say tofu turkey and, and talk about, you know, eating tofu turkey, fake turkey, uh, but I can't say uh, I got to bring home the bacon? I got to bring home the motherfucking bacon. Literally and figuratively. You don't bring home the motherfucking bacon. You know where you are? Homeless. They're also saying, don't say things like take the bull by the horns. It says take the flower by the thorns. And what? And, and get poked? I'm not trying to get poked up. You trying to get me poked up? You want me to literally take the flower by the thorns? I'm not doing that, Peter. Well, 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 why don't you do yourselves a favor? Why don't you uh, uh, lighten the fuck up? Uh, watch some Christmas movies. Well, watch Home Alone. Uh, watch Elf. Okay? Watch a Snoopy Christmas. Lighten the fuck up. It's not literal. Okay, and, and you're, the fact that you're comparing these sayings to racist and homophobic things is crazy. Do you think that the, the, the cows and, the, and the, the, the turkeys and the pigs are offended by this? Is that what you think? Is that, is that what you think? Calm the fuck down. Which brings me to this. Um, we talked about going viral on uh, social media a couple of weeks ago. My, uh, it might be the best video of the year. And I didn't attempt to do it, but the cat video, the cat video with Wilfred the Warrior, the cat from London, ugly motherfucking cat, cute to some people, ugly to me, scary to me. I did this video, I voiceovered it, if you follow me on social media, um, you can check it out, I'm easy to find, uh, at Michael Rappaport on Twitter, at Michael Rappaport on Instagram, uh, at Michael Rappaport on YouTube. And you should definitely start checking us out on YouTube because we're putting extra stuff, exclusive stuff, podcast videos, regular videos, and the Wilfred the Warrior cat video now lives only on Twitter and YouTube because these motherfuckers took down my cat video on Instagram. And it was the Rappaport rule. Now, I know... I understand when they take down the shame game with me and the young shooter, Dean Collins. That makes sense to me. I get it. I get how that could be uh, shameful. I get how that could be inciting, although um, it's not meant to be. It's just meant to shame uh, people that say disgusting, offensive things to me in the DMs. Like, I want to kill you. I'm going to stick a gun in your mouth. All those things. Or the one person said, I want to rape. Uh, listen, that's who gets on the shame game. But... You know, I could understand that being taken down. I got suspended on Facebook a week and a half ago. I willy hutched Zuckerberg for suspending me on Facebook because of the scratch and sniff video. They took that down off of Facebook. They said it's sexual content, although you can't even see the guy actually scratching her ass, but you know her hand, his hand is in her ass, and then she smells what the guy... Uh, his finger smells like after he has it in her in her booty hole. He was all up in the booty hole. They took that down. Fine. They, they didn't just take it down from me. They took it down from a bunch of people. And Facebook, because they're little sensitive fucks, and, and they're insecure about selling the election to Russian robots, they suspended me for 30 days. And I Willie Hutch them. Miles, uh, play a little bit of that old Willie Hutch. Mm -hmm. 
You suspend me because I post the video? Did you suspend those sick motherfuckers for indecency? Zuckerberg, you dusty sweatshirt wearing motherfucker. You were sitting in a motherfucking high chair when you testified in front of Congress and you was talking greasy, you were shook on the yard, but you suspend me for this nonsense? The whole system is suspect. So that's when the I Willie hutched Mark Zuckerberg. Now, I don't know if I ever Willie hutched somebody and then I yellowed them. Uh, uh, it may have happened. I don't even fact check my own shit. The I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, we pride ourselves on not fact checking anything. But Mark Zuckerberg, you took down my cat video and they said, because this is shaming. It's shameful. That I am shaming somebody. Again, the Rappaport rule. You are saying that I am shaming a cat? Wilfred, the Warriors owner, loves the video. Shout out to Wilfred, the Warriors owners. Shout out to Wilfred, the warrior, the cat. But you're saying that I'm cat shaming. Well, now you're going to get ILO'd. Zuckerberg! You funny face cocksucker, you! You goofy sweatshirt-wearing motherfucker, you! I worked on that fucking video for two fucking minutes! Two! Two fucking minutes! And you took it down! You took down my fucking video! That was my fucking video! You curly-head cocksucker, you! And you took it down because I'm shaming a fucking cat? You dumb motherfucker! You ain't that fucking smart. What do you read the fucking cat's mind? I made that cat a fucking star. And you took it down. I made that fucking video with these fucking hands. Zuck the fuck. You goofy sitting in the front of the classroom hand raising first cock sucker you. So, yeah, that's the reality of Instagram. They are now removing videos for shaming cats, although you could go on there butt-ass, bare-ass, anytime, any place. Uh, but be careful what you say to cats on Instagram. I am Rappaport So um, in pop culture news, um, earlier in the week, we talked about Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson, which I could give two shits to talk about anymore. Uh, But lo and behold, the next day, national news, literally AP, Associated Press News, reported that Cardi B, who everybody likes, how could you not like Cardi B? She's the only in America story. Cardi B and her, I don't know if it was her boyfriend or husband, homeboy from the Migos offset, they broke up and they announced it all on Twitter. I don't get it. Why not grieve a little? Why not grieve? What about a little couples therapy? What about a little uh, mourning the relationship? No, you, you, you fucks can't do that. You can't do that you have to go to twitter and either talk shit about each other you have to go to twitter and announce the breakup i don't give a shit did you actually think cardi b 
offset that this relationship was going to work out? Did you really think this was going to work out? And how many tattoos, Cardi B, did you get of offset on your body? How many tattoos are you going to have to cover up? Why do people think getting someone's name tattooed on their body is a show of love and commitment? It's not. It's not. You know what's a show of love and commitment? Love and fucking commitment. And I ain't no fucking expert. But professing your love from some big, dumb, gaudy tattoo and buying each other Lamborghinis and private jets and $100 million gold pieces, that shit is whack. And then posting it all on social media. Corny. What about some sunflowers and a poem in private? What about rubbing each other's feet in fucking private and not posting it all over social media? What about listening to a little mini Rippertons loving you alone in quiet? Miles, please play a little bit of Loving You by the great mini Ripperton. That's nice. That's romantic. That's a moment. You look into each other's eyes and you listen to a little Minnie Ripperton. Stop getting fucking tattoos. You think Minnie Ripperton's impotence for writing that song was because her man, her the person she loved, got a tattoo on his fucking back? You think that inspired that beautiful song? You hear the birds chirping in that song? That is love. Listen to her voice. That is fucking love. Love, not some dumb, ugly tattoo on your girl's back or her shoulder or her hip or behind her ears. It means nothing. Nada. I am Rappaport Podcast. Lena Dunham is cuckoo. Lena Dunham is a fucking nutcase. We, we, we've talked about her. Uh, a lot on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. She's one of the people that, uh, the few people that has blocked me on social media because she's heard me talk so much shit about her. And I have no regrets about talking so much shit about her. Just when you thought it was over with Lena Dunham, she penned, she wrote a lengthy apology to uh, the girl Aurora Perinu, who is a, a young girl who... Uh, accused and it, it came out that it was actually true she accused one of the writers of lena dunham's show girls which i've said uh at nauseum that it should have been called white girls um her show hbo show girls one of the writers on there uh, apparently apparently raped her uh when she was 17 and this fuck was uh 35 and lena dunham miss feminist that she is, she um, defended defended her friend who was writing on the show Girls, a.k.a. White Girls, and she claimed to have insider knowledge that exonerated him. Well, she was fucking lying. She was fucking lying, and she wrote a whole long letter uh, uh, apologizing it about it, and she said she was doing it uh, because the guy... Uh, was like a brother to her, and blah, 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 blah. Listen, if a guy did this 
for another guy and the tables were turned that it was a guy, he'd be fucking done in Hollywood. Now, I'm not saying that should happen to Lena Dunham, but if a guy did that in the climate of Me Too that we're in right now, a motherfucker would be, that'd be the end of him. Lena Dunham is a fucking coo-coo for cocoa puffs, for real. She's bat shit crazy. And she shows it over and over and over and over and over. And I, 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 don't, I, just, I, just, I just can't, I don't like her. I just think she's full of shit. Yes, she's talented. But, you know, so is J.R. Smith. He's no longer on a team. So is Carmelo Anthony. He's no longer on a team. This fucking nutcase, speaking of nutcases, Alex uh, Lance Armstrong uh, was on Good Day America, Good Morning America, one of these shows. I don't know why they they still talk to this guy. He's a freak. Um, And I, I talk about a liar and a nutcase, a real nutcase. He doesn't understand why he doesn't get any sympathy. He said that he doesn't understand why Alex Rodriguez has a free pass um, and that what Alex Rodriguez did was worse than what he did. Lance Armstrong, you lying fuck you. You you, you want sympathy? You're not going to get sympathy. We know you raised money. You raised money with a con, a ruse. You're on some Bernie Madoff shit. He's trying to figure out why people like Alex Rodriguez, but they don't like him. You broke people's hearts, you fucking lying freak. Alex Rodriguez, he's another one. I'm going to be honest. Alex Rodriguez, he's a fucking cheater. But at least he's got a good personality. At least his second act was good. And at least he didn't uh, falsely raise money uh, uh, being trying to act like he was a hero and all that. I, Lance Armstrong just, I don't know, just, I don't trust him. I don't like him. Why should I trust him? Why should I like him? And, and, and so what? Why do they keep giving this fucking lying guy a platform? You're never going to get sympathy. We don't know. We can't believe anything you're saying, Lance Armstrong. Is your name even Lance? Is your last name Armstrong? That's how much of a fucking liar you are. Another thing that was going on uh, in the last 24 hours that a lot of people were all up in their feelings uh, about were uh, an Ohio man, uh, father of a 10-year-old daughter. Um, Apparently, his daughter had been bullying other kids and other girls at school. So instead of driving his 10-year-old daughter to school, he followed behind her in his car so she wasn't alone while she walked five miles to school in 36-degree weather after she got suspended from the bus for bullying other students. And people were all up in their feelings. They're saying that the father is now bullying the kid and, uh, you know, how could you do this? She wasn't in harm's way. He just made her walk while he followed behind her in her car. And uh, uh, he videotaped some of this. Um, the whole thing went viral, la, 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 la. This guy is a good father. This guy is a caring father. Everybody wants to complain about bullying, bullying, anti-bullying. Peter wants to complain about Pete Davidson wants to complain that Ariana Grande's 14-year-old fans are bullying him. No bullying, no bullying, no bullying. We've been talking about this shit for the last two years. Donald Trump, Dick Stain Donald Trump, he's a bully. He bullied Hillary Clinton. Everybody's bully, 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 no bullying. So this father, 
sees that this could potentially be a, a problem with his daughter. And certain people, certain like, well, now he's teaching his daughter that bullying is okay because he's bullying his daughter. No, dumb fucks. He's not bullying his daughter. He's raising his daughter. He's trying to teach his daughter a lesson. It's not acceptable. Sometimes you got to tighten the fucking reins on kids. Now, you could do what you want as a parent, but this is obviously based on what we know, an involved, caring, thoughtful father. Okay? Now, I'm going to be honest with you about something. My father should have kicked my ass more often when I was a kid. Yes, I'm very aware of it. Now, I might not be the free-thinking, shit-talking maven, mountain of a man that I am now, if he had beat the shit out of me like I deserve for taunting my brother all day, every day, for getting kicked out of the third grade, for getting kicked out of a school every single year, until I graduated the 12th grade, I got kicked out of a school every year from the 3rd to the 11th grade. Every fucking year. I don't know what I would do with my kids if they did that shit. Okay? My father, my mother was patient, were patient with me. Okay? But I could have used a couple of more ass kickings than I got. Okay? I would have definitely been putting that smack down on me, if I was my father, I was out of fucking control. I had a smart mouth, and I was a just a general pain in the fucking ass. Now, this guy obviously wants to stop this and nip this in the butt. Now, if his 10-year-old daughter, now when his 10-year-old daughter gets back on the bus to school, I guarantee you she will not bully another student. Lesson learned. She will never forget this, also because shit went viral. Ha, 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 ha. But you can't see her face. But this is, a, this is a loving, caring father. You think it's bullying? Mind your business. This guy's trying to raise a thoughtful, responsible, uh, caring, fair, respectful child. And he's doing the best he can to do so. So mind your business. He's not abusing. He's not doing anything wrong. He's doing the best he can. There's no, there's no uh, instruction manual when it comes to parenting. It's like a 70,000 jigsaw puzzle that you get 300 pieces together and a little two-year-old toddler accidentally kicks it and you got to start all over again. There is no roadmap to being a good parent. Now, heading into 2019, we are going to do a remix. We are going to do a remix on the Sick Fuck of the Week theme song, Okay. We're going to reimagine it. Um, we'll be debuting in 2019, of course. By the end of 2018, we will be announcing the the Sweet 16. And then the Sick 6. And then finally, the Sickest Fuck of 2018. We're starting with the Sweet 16. We're going to do like a, the NCAA tournament. We're going to have brackets. The 16 Sickest Fucks of 2018. Then that'll be uh, a shrunk down to the Sick Six, Sick Fucks of 2018, which sounds like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Six Sickest Fucks of 2018 get together in a room. It's like some Reservoir Dog shit. Um, and this woman right here that I'm about to do right now, uh, we're not even going to uh, uh, do a bunch of them. This woman uh, stopped me in my tracks. She's definitely going to be a contender for...
for at least making the bracket round, the Sweet 16 fucks, the Sweet 16 sick fucks of 2018 in Olympia, Washington, not Florida. A woman named Laura James, who, yes, shockingly looks like a sick fuck. An elementary school teacher was arrested. This happened in the last 24 hours after having a quote-unquote bad trip on meth. Stripped down, butt-ass naked in the class. Physically assaulted some of her fourth grade students, severely biting two of them and injuring six others. You sick fuck you. She severely bit two of her fourth grade students. Think about how sick of a sick fuck Miss James is. Imagine being in the fourth grade and your teacher gets butt ass naked in the classroom right there you're like what the fuck is going on you're never gonna forget that then she starts pushing tripping karate kicking kids and then she bites you and your best friend severely biting you till you have to get a wound now fortunately these kids are going to be fine physically but emotionally, you never get over the teachers are supposed to be uh, like your safety blanket. Teachers are supposed to be the people you, you can turn to. She's naked, pushing, grabbing, kicking, and biting students while howling and growling all the while. Once again, butt-ass naked. Several witnesses were there. Blah, 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 blah. The other teacher stepped in. The kids were screaming. 23 charges. This fucking kook is facing 65 years in prison and a fine of $85,000. She, this is like fourth quarter shit. At the fourth quarter, this woman, I have to say right now, I'm just going to say right now, she's in the sweet 16 sick fucks of the year for sure. For sure. She's definitely in there. So that's the first of the Sweet 16. We're going to have, obviously, an official announcement of all the sick fucks of uh, 2018. But she is definitely in the uh, Sweet 16 sick fucks of the year. All right, listen. Coming up next on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, you know him as an actor. He's got his own podcast, which is dope. Talks all about movies. He's a funny dude. He's a good dude. You know him from the league. You'll recognize his face. You know his work. He's a funny-ass dude and a Rocky aficionado. And I don't give that out easily. I do not give out Rocky aficionado easily. Okay? But this guy's so about that Rocky life that before he watched Creed 2... He went home and watched every single Rocky movie, including Creed, before he went to see Creed 2. He is about that Rocky life. He watched Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Then he watched Rocky Balboa. Then he watched Creed. Then he watched Creed 2. He's about that Rocky life. We deep dive in all things Rocky. Coming up next on the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast, Paul Shear. All right. 
I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. I said that I was going to start my Rocky Chronicles. Yeah. And lo and behold, when I when I said that, I think, I don't know, we, we connected on Twitter. Yes. But special guest who I think is deep, 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 like you might be the right guy to go to for this Rocky Chronicles. I'm very excited. Paul Shear is here. Yes. Who is best known probably for the league. Yeah. You have Black Monday coming on on Showtime in January. Yes. You've done a bunch of shit. Uh, the League is a, a show that I loved. I was actually jealous, I'm going to be honest, yeah. that I was never on it. You although, should have been on it. Although I did fall in love with fantasy football towards the end of the show. Okay. So there yeah. wasn't a, otherwise I would have I would have just shown up at the set. <laughs> um, but before we get into our Rocky stuff, just real quickly about the League. Do you play fantasy now? I do. Yeah, I have like three leagues that I'm in right now. Okay, and how so, are you doing? And I don't want to go down a fantasy football no, no. rabbit hole. I will tell you right now, I'm in the playoffs in one league. I am dead center in another, and the other one I'm doing like, uh, the other one I think I may be leading, but that's like a kid league. I'm in like a league with dads and kids, so that's okay. like, yeah, that doesn't count. Do you talk shit to the kids when you beat them? It was really hard to come up with my team name because I couldn't come up with anything like vulgar or too like, yeah, I had to be like, I think my, <laughs> I think my team name was like, Oh no! The, the league name is no punt intended. It was yeah. like just trying to make it like nice and okay. No, it should yeah. be no punch intended. Yeah. Oh, like <laughs> step that shit up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't want to. I don't want to go down yes. a fantasy football no, rabbit hole because I know you're deep, deep. You know you could do that. Well, let me tell you what. Like, so you're going into the Rocky Chronicles. I do this podcast uh, called Unspooled, where we watch like the best movies of all time. We watched Rocky, and I realized like I don't think I really understood Rocky. Like I, I kind of jumped in on Rocky three. And so after watching that, and in one week, I watched every single Rocky. So from Rocky 1 to Creed 2, I've seen them all. And that's only a week ago. So they're fresh in my memory right now. I mean, they're, they're also things that I grew up with. But I grew up with like three, four, and now like, I mean, Balboa. I mean, five I saw in the theater. I remember being extremely disappointed. And then Creed 1 and 2 in the theater. Okay. I have controversial opinions. That's fine. I, I'm going to just start with this. Let's let's just start with the most fresh thing, and then we'll go backwards. Okay. Creed two, I loved it. Okay. I really loved it because I for the the obvious reasons, but like just like I'm like I, while I was watching one point, I was like, this has been going on for forty something years. Amazing. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You. It's a slow pitch. And somehow, some way, after coming out of nowhere with Creed and then Creed 2, I'm like, I think Creed 2 right now, in my opinion, was better than Creed. But like to still be able to provoke the emotion right. that it does and rewrite the genre like it did, what is your takeaway on, on imagine you saw Creed 2 just yeah. once so far? Just once. Okay. So what, Have what you is, seen it more than once? Right. Not yet. I will, <laughs> I will be seeing it more than once. But I, I did see it screening one, day one, okay. like a crazy person. I saw it Tuesday night or whenever it was. I remember I was there. Tuesday night, oh, 7 o'clock. I respect I, yeah. that yeah, shit. Right there. So, so what is your just your review, your takeaway on Creed to, and I still yeah. don't want to give too many spoilers I hear you. All right, to, so to the people that haven't seen it because I want them to have that experience. I felt like Creed 2, I liked. I liked a lot. But it felt more Stallone to me than Creed 1, which felt like a unique, special thing. I feel like Ryan Coogler made this movie that felt like, whoa, this is a new voice. You're taking Rocky. You're doing something totally different with it. And this felt a little bit like a sequel to Rocky, where Creed felt like it was 
just its own thing, which I really love. I agree. And I love certain things about Creed 2. Like, and I was there. I'm I'm emotionally in. I'll cry at all Did these rocks. Yeah. I mean, that scene, I mean, I don't want to give away the spoiler, but the scene in the hospital. I would yes. say, yeah. It's a, you know, um, I think that they also might I cried a few times. I cried a bunch in Creed One. I'm not I'm not like I'm I just Creed One got me. And I watched Creed One the night before I saw Creed Two. I will say that you rewatched Creed One. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I was ready to go. Okay, um, oh, I was. Shit. Yeah, no, I was gonna say that. I feel like Creed Two was more Drago's story than uh, it was Creed's story, and that was the thing. Adonis like, Creed's. Adonis Creed. Yes. Yeah, and I felt like that's weird. It's like you open up the movie on uh, on this other guy. Like that's not what these movies do. And then, and I think that that the most of the heart was there. That's what I felt about it. And then I have my other nitpick, which is like. The desert sequence, very cool, but why? Like, why? Where? What, yeah, where and why? Like, every other one at least makes a little I bit agree. of sense. I agree. I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I will say this. These aren't spoilers. The, the two things that I wanted more of, Yeah, they did it, and these aren't spoilers. The two things that, that I wanted more of from Stallone are, the, at one point during the fight, and we all know yeah. there's a fight, um, he does sort of say something to Drago. He says, what's your problem? I wanted maybe, not for them to fight, but like, yeah. you know how cornermen sometimes, just yeah. like, a, I would like that. And then remember how Paulie was in the corners? Yes. During, I wanted, because Rocky's training was so calm, cool, and collective. At one point, I wanted to see you got to, you know, I wanted to see that amp of just a, just a blink of it. I totally agree. And, and if that had happened, I think I literally would have dropped fucking dead. Well, here's the thing. And I would say that there's one fight scene in this movie uh, that is like when there's a sound that goes on. I'm like, whoa, like you feel, you feel something. There's a lot of good stuff in this movie. I feel like Stallone doesn't know how to sell Stallone anymore because in Creed 1 I feel like they got him in this way and I feel like this one he fell more in, like I don't know they didn't give him I, I felt like he was more well-rounded like he would have never have given himself that cancer storyline in Creed 1 I don't think mm -hmm. you know and I feel like here they didn't I don't I don't I wanted more I feel like you know the light the light's broken I got you you know what I'm saying I like I feel like he got nominated for an Oscar oh my god you know, and he should have gotten it for that Creed I Super was movie. fucking irate yeah because even if the other performances in his best supporting actor category were good, and they, I don't yeah. remember what they were, like the body of work and the Rocky character deserved that. Because well, Creed was like a Rocky story in itself. Because who would have thought? Well, that's the. But here's my whole thing: is like, how can you even talk about Rocky? Because Rocky is not even a movie; it's a thing. Like you understand Rocky is like a Superman. Yeah. It's like Batman. Yeah, that's exactly. Like I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, like. I grew up with like Ro like Rocky Three was my like entry into Rocky films like that came out right around. You the saw time. that first? That was my first one, or the one that I feel like I was watching on HBO all the time. I got you. You know what I'm saying? It was like because it was about my age. It was you know it wasn't like I wasn't going in the other way. You know, I it's got like, you. It's like Roger Moore was my first James Bond. I got you. Know? you. Like, I understand. So, but at that point, like Rocky is just a thing. He's been a thing for 40 years. So when you go back and look at the movies, it's hard to be like, well, this movie, because like Rocky one started all of that, but it's also like, it's hard to just like, like pull them away from movies because if there's no Rocky, I don't know. It's a, we it's a very weird thing. Cause he's I know bigger you than a movie. Yeah. Rocky is bigger than a movie. 
and its impact is bigger than a movie. And it's like it's not like Star Wars. Star Wars, I like this one. I don't like this one because it's like they're movies and the characters are fine. But Rocky is like it's it's about like it's part of our culture. Like you like we play that song in our head. We do that. We think of ourselves as the underdog. It's it's a whole style of movie. I agree. I agree. And the human uh, the human nature of Rocky and just the way he is and, and you know in Creed too. His his character, like the way he, I, I agree that like in what you said about Creed one, but in in Creed two, like I was watching him, like he knows how to play those beats. There was like a, even like a little thing he did with like not making eye contact with Adonis Creed mm-hmm. during one of the conversations. I'm like he just knows how to pull at the heartstrings, which yeah. I, I'll just go for hook line and sinker until the fucking wheels fall off. His character is so well defined and it's interesting because it's so well defined it's unlike anything else and he loses it a little bit in four which is interesting to watch when you watch them all back to back you're like oh he like three is a little less four is a lot less five it's way back balboa it's way back it's just interesting though it's like when he's in that like that philadelphia guy like a little bit slower that you know, but also sweet. It's perfect. It's a, it's it's his best character, I would think. Oh, by far. Yeah. Um. Okay. Your controversial opinion. Oh, let me ask you this: that you watched all the movies now yeah. uh, uh, in a row, which I fucking respect. That. That's I, what I said. Way, I have to get yeah. you. I'm, I respect that. They're I've never done fresh. that all the way through. Once a night. And I will tell you this: watching them every night. It makes you feel good. Like I left, like I feel good. Like the whole week I was like, why do I feel so good? I was like, because you're watching this thing and you feel like it's, it's like, you know, that feel good movie or whatever, but it, every night I was psyched up and even Rocky five, which I have a lot of problems with. There's some good stuff in Rocky five. Rocky five gets a little bit short change. Tommy guns, Tommy, Tommy Gun. Morrison. Did, did you watch the 30 for 30 on him? Yes. That is now, I, I would say recommended as part of the like the chronology of Rocky, you have to put that in there. It's like yes. nine movies. Yes, me. I agree. And the real Rocky, the the, oh, the, the uh, thirty Webner, for thirty yeah. on Chuck Webner yes. is, is really good too. Yes. That's like that's ten movies. That's ten movies because that's really good. Yeah. And then of course we did Chuck with Liev Schreiber, which I had a little part in. Oh yeah, sight unseen. They asked me to be in that movie, and I was like, sight unseen. Go, let's do it. Like I literally didn't even ask what the part was. <laughs> or once they said it's Chuck, and they're going, I yeah. said, I do. Are they dealing with the Rocky stuff? I said. Where and when. It's, and they wanted me for another part, and I said, we'll do that. I, I said, I don't you just care. You in. I love it. I actually, when they were doing Creed, this is no bullshit. Me and my actor friend, Kevin Corrigan, we were trying to, I think we were both working. We were trying to go to Philadelphia to offer our work as extras. Wouldn't it be amazing? Like, I, I would die. I was thinking, like, I was like, all right, so watching Balboa the other day, not to jump around, but watching Balboa, at the end of Balboa, they clearly shot that in Vegas with a real, like, it's one of the few times you really see Rocky, like, in a full, like, auditorium. Like, yes. And I was like, that must have been so fun. You're going to a boxing match and, like, hey, and we're going to just shoot some, like, little quick pickups for Balboa. You don't know what it is, but everyone's cheering for him. It I must would die. have been. I, I, just to be there, him dressed in costume doing that, I, I think that would have been the best moment. I um, only want, I got to be honest, Balboa was very upsetting to me. Really? I only saw that movie one time. Why was it upsetting to you? More upsetting than five. Oh, yeah, because I'll say this. Uh, before we go to five. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 it's fine. We could jump all over because there's no way to really go stay on one yeah. unless we do just a Rocky thing. Um, I just didn't like the movie. 
Really? I need to re-see. It was a disappointment to me. And, and I haven't watched it since. I went day one, mm-hmm. screening one. Right. And I was like... <sighs> I really like Balboa. I think it was when I saw it in the theater. I saw it in the theater when it first came out. And I was like, oh, wow, he's doing something different. The movie... It it's it doesn't totally like stick the landing and like that's what I think the biggest problem is like at the end you want it to end on this like triumphant thing and I I don't know I just I, for whatever reason that last fight scene it just doesn't know, work it just doesn't work and when you leave on that level it made me disappointed when I watch it but I do like the idea of like well where is he progressing as a character and this whole idea like he still has this anger in him like yes. which is like I like that idea there's some really cool things. And I think, to me, when I like Rocky the most is when the character evolves. So I go back to like Rocky Two a lot because like Rocky Two underrated, underrated movie. Un- uh, Rocky Two. I actually watched it this morning okay. preparing for this. Oh wow! Okay. But you speak on it. All right. Well, Rocky Two to me is it great? Is it's really great because I think it does a lot of things that Rocky One does. But I think it it rounds out the world. Like I just love that he wins this match. Now what? All right. And he a- wins his match in dramatic fashion. Yes. Yeah. Right. It's when like, I saw that in the theater. Now I'm nine. Yeah. I had went to go see Rocky in the theater. Like that was '76. I was six. Now I'm not one of these people who has like great memories of their life. Yeah. yeah. Oh, when I was five, this happened. But going to see Rocky at '76, my when I was six years old. Yeah. I was so moved and so like. I obviously I didn't understand everything, but I understood everything on an emotional level. Of course. And and going to see Rocky too, and the dramatic fifteenth round when they both go down. Yeah, you that's a like, great what shot. The they're fuck. They're both falling at the same time, slow motion, and it's like, and I, I think that's what I love about this series too. Is like the biggest mistake they made in a weird way was killing Apollo because I feel like that was such a good, yes, you know, a good thing to have the two of them together. Are very different. Yes, I mean, of course, it gave us Creed, which is also good, but. It, like you miss it. Like Apollo was such a great character, and I feel like really well defined in that movie in a major, major way too. Excellent way, and you know, like I remember going to see that film, and like when you go to see Apollo's house, and he's up there with his wife yeah. reading the hate mail. Like I'm like, oh, that's Apollo's house, and he has on the sweatsuit, and it has AC, and then you know, like just like get, getting into this world a little bit deeper. I was like, what the fuck is going well, on here? The best part of Apollo in that movie is like, all right, you got to be the villain now to call him out of retirement. But this is what I like about Rocky too, because Rocky two goes, all right, so here he is, this guy who was essentially like for one or, you know, for a couple of weeks, people are like, oh, that was a good fight, you know? And then it just goes away. Now what? And like the idea of like this celebrity is he like had to one get a hit job. wonder. Yeah, you had to get a job. He was terrible at acting in those commercials. Terrible. And those him. are great fucking oh, scenes. Those were amazing. Smeal Manly. Oh, I love, I mean, him in the gorilla cage. It's like, it's great. And I just feel like that to me was like showing this character was so smart. Like, it's like, oh, you, he went a totally different direction. Like he went like, all right, he can't quite fit in. Now he's working at the meat plant. Like he's just a guy who was on top of the world or, you know, loud. 37 grand he made for that fight. Yeah. When Gazzo asked him, what'd you pocket? 37 grand yeah. to go 15 rounds with the champ. I mean, it's, I, I, there's something so endearing about that movie. And I think that's when Rocky really works for me. It's like when you see him kind of struggling, he doesn't want to get back in. It's not like I just want to fight. And I feel like when he doesn't want to fight, it's kind of interesting. I, yes. I don't know. I like that. And, and you know, and literally just watching it this morning, and I didn't get all the way through. I got about an hour and 15 minutes through. The romance 
between him and Adrian. Way better. It, it, you know, I watch it at Starbucks and I'm on my thing and I'm smiling and, and I'm still like conjured up to tears. And I'm like, the romance, when he asks her to marry him at the zoo, there's nothing like, it's so romantic it's and so gentle and so loving. shot. It's great. Yeah, it, it's, that, their relationship is amazing. And that carries amazing. over to three. It's like, it's really, really good. And, um, okay, but I want to go to yes, five sorry. real quick yeah. because I want to say this. One of the best Rocky scenes ever yeah. in all the Rockies is the flashback scene in Rocky Five when he goes oh, to the with, gym yes. with Mickey and he he what I imagine is train a training flashback scene but with, for the first fight. Yeah. And he goes, Get up, you son of a bitch, because Mickey loves you. He gives him the cufflink. Yeah. Only one cufflink. He yeah. got it from Rocky Marciano. What happened to the other cufflink? I don't know. And Sage then later Stallone on, when puts he, it in his ear. And when he's fighting um, yeah. Tommy Guns on yeah. the street, he, he see Mickey the Angels get up, you son of a bitch. Yeah. And he gets up, and you're right there again. I well, that that end fight scene on the street is cra- is a crazy fight in Rocky Five. But I love like there's something about. Rocky Five. That's so interesting because it's like, all right, of course you got to bring him down. You knew, did you know? So these are two little fun facts about Rocky. Five. Rocky Five is supposed to die. Rocky, uh, Rocky was going to be killed by Tommy Gunn in the street, and the whole idea was like, they the, really consider that. That was the script as written. That's why they brought back John Avildsen, who directed the first one for Rocky Five, and the studio's like, no way, you're not killing Rocky. The last scene was basically Adrian in the ambulance with Rocky, like racing off to the hospital. He's dead. No, like that we don't was do it. That. that was, and so then they changed that, it. That's and not then acceptable. John Avildsen's like, we like he was pissed off because he was brought in to kind of give it this like gravitas, and they had to change the entire thing. The other thing that was uh, somebody else told me was this: in the first script for Balboa, Rocky visits Drago in the hospital, and Drago has AIDS from doing too much steroids. Jesus, and and then he's like, "Let him die." Like, like that was it. Like, so, so these really, are actual themes that they were going to. These were, are scenes that were in scripts for Rocky. But here's my thing. This is this is what I will say about the Rocky franchise and watching it. When they have a goal to what the training is, I like the movie more. Like number two is great because he's like, your eyes messed up. You can't fight. So we had to do this differently. Speed. Yeah. We need speed. We need greasy. Yeah. Fast. Speed. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm like, and now I get it because it's like as a, I don't know, as like a person watching it, I'm just like, oh, I understand what the challenge is. It's just not to win. It's like the first one was to to win to get, to be able to right. compete and that was fine and, and gorgeous was fine. right and it's like but now everything has to kind of build on that you need this you need that you need this and it's like and when they don't do it and that's what I kind of felt like you know like that's what I really liked about Creed one is like they kind of like they're showing you like he's got to learn how to like commit to this training and get it you know I don't know it's like I got what you're saying you know? and then in three of course he needed to learn how to uh you know fight. You know, like a different kind of fighter. Because I feel like the, the can I like I, I mean I hope this is not controversial to say, but I feel like they are basically like you need to learn how to fight black. And like, yes, and it's it's a weird it's a weird thing because it's sort of like that you got to train with a boombox. This yeah. is slightly racist. To like you know like when they go into this gym and Paul is like get, get the fuck out of here. I mean, yeah, Paul yeah, is yeah. a mess. But I mean, there's a lot of weird things. Yes, but, but, but he the, wanted yeah. like yes, I get that's the, the the fight more athletic, more like you you know yeah. stylistic and all that stuff. Back to two. Yes. We could jump all over. Uh, back but to two. But this is the best way to kind of hit them all. Yeah, I don't dislike any of them. They're, they're all 
fun movies. And it's sort of like the only way I can kind of look at it is like, what am I enjoying when I'm if, if I'm watching it and enjoying it, then that's it's, it's a package. Yeah. Creed to um in terms of what is the what in the zeitgeist in the Rocky Zeitgeist, is Creed 2 somehow not appreciated as a great movie? Because I know you get it. Yeah. But are there people like because to oh, you me mean Rocky 2. Yeah, sorry. Right. Rocky 2. Is Rocky 2 somehow not appreciated? This is Are there a, so, people that snicker at Rocky 2? Yes, I believe they, they, there, there is. There's if there I'm going to be honest with you Paul, if there's people that snicker at Rocky 2, you should question like what kind of person that is. I totally agree. But here's the thing. I don't think people know how to separate the Rockies. And this is what, so when I started talking about Rocky on Twitter a little bit, people are like, "Oh, is that uh, Rocky 5? I hate that one cuz that's one where Paulie fucks a robot." No, that's Rocky 3. Right. You know, and it's like but you don't, no one understands what part is from what part. Like, you don't remember. Like, I feel like people probably even forget that Rocky was like beating up people on the street. Well, not beating up people, yeah. but being out there to be like that guy working for Gaza, Gazo. I should have broke your thumbs. Yeah, it's like. Not to, in the face. But like, the, I mean, by the way, the most underrated performance in Rocky 1 is the driver for Gazo. That Buddy, guy. Take that her guy to is, the zoo. I mean, <laughs> I hear retards like the zoo. Like, uh, yeah. He he's fucking great. He's, he's got the goatee. He's got the hat on. He's great. That, like that kind of level of guy. Like they nail that level Kill of kill it. And they shot that all like on a shoestring in Philadelphia, like freezing cold. No. I trailers. want to get back because your oh, yeah. podcast, um, uh, 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 unspooled. How did this get made? We how did this two, yeah, get made? Yeah. Well, I want to get into how yeah. would that get made today? But but go yeah, on. Sorry. But yeah, so Rocky too. I feel like. See, I knew we were going to go all over, but this is. I'm immensely happy about this conversation. Yeah, because it was because I'm I'm right there. I'm seeing it all. Like I will say that Rocky two people are like that one sucks. That's the worst one. I'm like, what are you talking about? You it's don't know what you're one. talking You've about. You missed out because it's like it's funny, it's dramatic, it's it has a love story, and that fight is better. I think that fight is better than the first one. They, I agree. They learn things from one and they make it better in cinematically. Two. Yes. One hundred percent. I agree. Um, it's funny. Uh, condominiums. He says you want to invest in condominiums. He goes, yeah. I never use them. Yeah. Uh, it, when they get the car, I'll drive. I, just I, like when he's buying that car, yeah. and like when they're just buying all that. And she's like, Can you can you drive? He's, I drive trucks. I drive bulldozers. I'll drive you crazy if you give me a chance. Yeah. I mean, another great line. Want to <laughs> have a good time? Got to have a good watch. <laughs> When he buys her the watch and he buying everybody the, the yeah, watches, I mean, it's like him watching, him spending that money. Like he, that's a fun part about that character too. That he does make these jokes. He is there. My here's my little beef with number one in with Rocky one. Rocky one. I have a beef with Rocky. What one. is it? All right. So let me just paint the picture for you. Okay. And, all right. Because you, you, this is a this is an audio medium, but I know, I, I, yeah, you I know. felt me perk I, I up there. Yes. So here's my issue with Rocky one. Rocky one feels to me. Like an actor who is thinking to himself, I need to do bigger stuff. I need to do better stuff. I got to write a part for myself, right? And I see, you know, I see uh, these other films being made at this time in the 70s. You know, I need to do something gritty and raw, but I also like need it to be like my demo reel or something like that. And I feel like the first hour of Rocky, it's a little too like, He's the best guy. He's walking the girl home who comes back in Rocky Five. Marie. Like he, Marie, like he's a he's a guy on the street who, you know, he's gonna collect money, but he doesn't hit the guy. Like there's a part of me, it's like, yeah, you should have hit the guy. Like you should have, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just I feel like they, they, it's a lot of like, I'm the best, like hire me. I'm a good actor. Like, cause he doesn't know that Rocky is gonna become 
Rocky. Like he Who doesn't thought. Who right, would have thought? He's a guy going like, I'm making an independent movie that hopefully will get me my next gig because he's like doing parts in Woody Allen movies. He's doing parts like was he in Lords of Flatbush too? Co- yeah, like he's just like a bit player actor, and this is like his break. Like it was. I think it's he's thinking of it like let me make my independent movie. So I feel like that is my biggest beef with it, and I feel like the rest of them kind of flesh out the character in a little bit more interesting ways because he's allowed to kind of make mistakes like in that first movie that first hour he's doing everything right like he's the nicest guy he's the sweetest guy Paul, i i can't go down that road with you with that especially <laughs> now with rocky i could we i'm can, not saying it's bad i'm just saying it's my it's my beef in watching it for, like i'm i've watched them all together and i'm just saying that like sitting when down did watching. you come to that conclusion the, right on this, there on this, on this journey on this journey because i was watching it i'm like what is he doing here like i mean look i'm not I'm not sl- I'm not sliding it. I'm just looking at it and going like the motivation. Because this Rocky. conversation was going good, <laughs> but then like like the uh, Rocky is like I mean for even. Um, but I'm uh, here's the thing. Like, I get it. I respect it. But put Rocky on for anybody right now, and I think they would tell you. And this is and this is the this is how I'm trying to frame it for myself. It's slow. I can't I can't fucking really I mean, for me. Okay. For me and that film, I'm not even being able to judge it because it's like almost like watching, it's almost well, like watching a whole movie or something. Because right. the the age that I saw it, and the, I the, hear that. The, so for I can't even make a conclusion to it. But like every scene in Rocky is just so good. Every actor, every moment. I mean, I, with I'm, Marie, yeah. Uh, you want to? I mean, that that walk home when she goes, "Screw you, Rocky," or yeah. "Screw you, Creepo," and when I mean his him alone in his apartment with with, with apartment, the turtle, the, the best set decoration of any apartment. Where is that apartment? I mean, that apartment. Don't you be, wish you could go to that? Oh, apartment? that apartment should be in the Smithsonian. Like, it, yeah, I want to know what that apartment smells like. The knife in the mattress, like, yeah, it's great. It's so good. It's perfect. It's like exactly his apartment. I mean, the opening shot is great. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it i just i would say that i just when re-watching it i, I was like i understand from I a purely like sit like in the audience if if you take everything away like because rocky i think you can't take away rocky from rocky is rocky without that there's none of this there's yes. no conversation there's no conversation there's no podcast yes exactly um your podcast how did this get made yes articulate because obviously we're of i'm a little older than you yeah and and you know it's such a part of of, of yeah. uh, American culture, you know. At the time, you know, for people that, that that don't understand, like you said, Stallone was just he wasn't even like a, a journey. He was yeah. I wouldn't even say a journeyman actor. He was he, he was uh, so basically he oh, did so, he did a soft porn. I know it's crazy. Well, here's what I'll tell you. First of all, the, the that's the, real shit. Uh, believe me, like so, like so, I do like so. I have these two podcasts just so people know like how did this get made we make fun of bad movies yes so that we never really get to the bottom of it <laughs> unspooled we kind of dig in and so i do this with this film critic amy nicholson but so we just did a rocky podcast and i is did, it up it's not up yet it's coming out oh this week yeah it comes out this i week. can't right. fucking wait so we get into it and did you go on your tangent about it being slow on this episode we talk about things in it that are because my whole thing is about rocky is how can you separate like I, it's hard to separate the movie. It's hard to look at Rocky and nitpick it when it's created 40 years of things. Like, is Rocky, like, how is Rocky more than, I think Rocky is one movie. Like what you said, I think you take the whole thing. Yes. And and then that's like, and that's the thing that I'm, like, that's really what we talk about is like wrestling with it like that. There's no bad review of Rocky. I'm just saying 
there are things in it that I think if you look at it just singularly and you take it all away. Okay. Like if if you put, and this is what I would say, if you put an audience in a theater right now and you said, watch Rocky and then watch Creed, which would people respond to mm. more? I think people would respond more to Creed and I think a lot of people saw Creed that never saw Rocky. I, I get what you're saying yes. and I don't agree with that solely because of, I think that if in 300 years yeah. you did that, because it's so hard, like right, yes. you, you know, you've seen yes. something, you've heard something, you've seen, if, if they watched it blind, the emotional core of what right. Rocky is, yeah. you just can't touch it. Like well, the, the loneliness. And, I, and, yes. and like, I think like when you're talking about like the slowness of it, like there's such a lone, like he's such a lonely person. Like he when is. he's in the apartment by himself, Staring at the old picture of himself, yes. and he's with his turtles, which are, are for, I'm forgetting the names. Of the, for, yeah, they they have good names. I've forgotten. Which we're, yeah. I'm ashamed that we don't. Yeah. Neither one of us know the names. And by the way, the turtles come back and forth in the movies. Sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. Yes, there. yeah. I don't know if it was like you know yeah. they they died or something <laughs> like that. But like you know, like there, it's such a, it is such an independent film, and it's such a small film. And, yes, and, and it feels like Taxi Driver, which came out the same year. Yes. I mean, it beat. Taxi Driver in the Academy Awards that year. For Best Picture. For Best Picture, which is kind of crazy. Crazy. I mean, um, but, but I it have feels to say, the same way. I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, obviously that's a darker film, but yes. there's a loneliness to it. It feels gritty. It feels like what you think of like 70s inner city films. I don't know. It, it just feels like of the same era of like everyone's making these movies. And I feel like Stallone's like, I want to make this movie. And and I think you can't separate the the journey of making Rocky is a Rocky story. Completely. Too. And um, the journey of making Creed to me is like, it's like, it, this is done. This is gone. This is right. over. And when you hear Kugler talk yeah. about, you know, like his father going through cancer. Yeah. And then like when you're like, oh, not again. They're going to do it. And like they did it. And you're like, they did it again. Yeah. Um, but in, but I have to say, this is one thing I'll say. And I'm not throwing shade at Rocky because you can't. You it's can't. a little shade, Paul. It's a, a little. But here's, a, here's what I'll say. Is the only reason why Creed is successful is people have seen that movie and they've never seen Rockies. Like I, you, that's a, that movie is not just pulling on people who've seen Rocky. That's opening it up to a whole new thing. So I, what I love about Creed, they modernized is, it also. Yeah, like that Creed is going. You don't need to watch the other Rockies, and this may be people's first Rocky in forty years. You might have people talking about, you know, like Creed. The way I mean, maybe I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But I just think that people. I find I'm more and more surprised. The stuff that we grew up with, the things that we know, people don't even, it's, it doesn't even register anymore. Mm -hmm. Like TV shows even that, like we're like, oh, that everyone knows like family ties or whatever, mm -hmm. doesn't even connect on a level. So I feel I like there's a world in which people think of, oh, that's Stallone, like Eddie Murphy. It's like people go, oh yeah, that's the guy from Daddy Daycare. They right. don't go like, that's the guy from 48 Hours. That's the guy from Beverly Hills Cop. Or that's the guy from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, exactly. That's the guy from Delirious. Right, so it's like, and they forget about like how fucking huge of a star he was, the like biggest was, of all time. And where stars weren't like him, Michael Jackson, Prince, they sort of created Madonna, like yeah. the modern day super duper star. Exactly. So that's all I'm saying is that I think there's a, a large subsect of people that saw Creed and have no like they just go, that's Stallone. That's interesting. It's like, you know, and that's all, that's all I'm saying it's about like it. It's like look at athletes. Like, you you know, there's young kids that look at Shaquille O'Neal as like a funny guy. Oh, yeah. Barkley. Who, like, you're like, who's this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you yeah. don't know. You know, like, and it's crazy that you think yeah. that because they never, they didn't grow up watching yeah. athletes or Dan Marino or, or even 
boxers, who, whatever it is, or and certainly actors like yeah. they're like Burt Reynolds is some old fucking yeah. you know somebody that doesn't have any like no one's seen like Gator. Yeah, they you have know? no like, idea. Yeah. Um, let's talk yeah. about uh, the greatness. And this another thing uh, in terms of trivia stuff. Did you know that Talia Shire, the actress who played yeah. Adrian, who of course was in The Godfather, who of course is uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's sister? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's he is related to Coppola. She. Yeah. I think or a cousin or something. Yeah. Some something. Yeah. Did you know that Burt Young, who played Paulie, yeah. and Talia Shire dated for a long period of time? Whoa. Yes. Well, well and that's it, a that's public. It's not like I that, that's yeah, like yeah. a public. They, they dated, which I and I think probably it was kept. I mean, at the time there wasn't like Instagram because like yeah. now it, you'd blow your mind. Be like, wait a second. Yeah, right. They're dating. They're brother and sisters. But they da- that's just a little thing that. By the way, I would say that Burt Young is the best in Rocky. Rocky won like that performance so of good. like and and the dysfunction of that family that and maybe what I'm reacting to in Rocky. I'm thinking about it as I'm talking to you too. Is like. It is a little darker. It, it it's is a dark. Little, it's Paul is a, little, a dark character. Yeah, it's very dark. It's like, and you know what he did? Like he put turpentine on his hands so he would have like, uh, like so it feel like he had arthritis, and he would like put gin on it, like he sprayed gin on himself. So oh, he as the it, actor, would. as the actor, just so he could, so his hands would have a hard time moving. He would smell gin all the time because that's what he hated. So he just like reeked of alcohol. Like he just was a disgust. I like, didn't know that. Yeah, he's like to get into character, so he was this kind of guy, and I feel like. That character is, I don't know, is one of the best. I mean, every character so is, good. And like again, we're talking about these characters in a way that when they come back in two, like he laid the groundwork in Rocky one for all of this. Like all, all of, of it. it. And Mickey It's rich enough that it comes back. Yeah. It's rich enough and it comes back. And Mickey, Paulie, and Adrian, I believe all three of them, Talia Shire, mm-hmm. a Burgess Meredith. Yeah. And Burt Young, they all got nominated for Oscars. Uh I think it was I think there was a uh, not I don't know if all I think a lot of them, but now I think it's like I think it was Talia got nominated. Yeah, she got nominated. It was best screenplay, right? And and movie. I don't know. And and director, right? Burgess or Burt Young. I think okay. they might have both, both got, got supporting. Right. I'm not sure. But those characters and how rich and good and the dysfunction of Paulie and the you know it, oh there's a turkey in the oven yeah. oh a turkey in the oven and he th- I mean that throws it is- out the door and then just eats that piece of like that leg like right like just eating it just like that it's crazy and then he goes ask her for the date and and the date and they go on yeah. the ice skating rink and you're thinking to yourself like this is some other level of brilliance like well that movie is like it's so great so a couple of interesting things first of all Burgess Meredith was supposed to be Lee Strausberg. Played by Lee Strausberg, who like is a great acting coach. Yes. But also, so people don't know, they, he he was in The Godfather 2 oh, as right. Hyman Roth. Yes, 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 yeah, yeah. So if people are equated, it, so it, it was a lot that. more gentle. Totally different. I mean, every one of these characters that we just talked about were the second choices, which is something that I love. Like, you know, you and I both do a bunch of different stuff. Like, I always feel like when you're the second choice, it's a better, you know, like I always feel like when you're casting something, you're like, oh, we didn't get our first choice. And then you get your second choice and you're like, oh, I'm so glad we got our second choice because mm-hmm. that person is actually better than what we could have envisioned. Like I, every Talia Shire, Burgess Meredith, and, no, and, uh, and Apollo, uh, and, and, right. uh, and, uh, Carl Weathers, all not the first choices for these parts. And, you know, and, and what you call it? Uh, yeah, Carl Weathers lied, said he could box, couldn't box. You know, and then and basically they thought they could kind of improvise the fight, and then they had to actually like 
choreographed this fight. I mean, it's and what they're doing there is, I mean, it's it's great. I, it, yeah, no, go ahead. I just am impressed with all like the casting there is amazing. It's incredible. It down to Gazzo, who was Gazzo's in the Godfather, great. the yes. Godfather, and the Godfather Two. He played che- Cheech. Yes, Cheech. Yeah, and he's excellent and and how he you know he uh you know goes from being like the lone shark to supporting rock and then in the uh, during the fight scene of rocky one he's there you know he's yeah. so excited but for did, here's my twist that i would have pitched on rocky one right what if gazo comes back to him and goes hey rock you throw this fight and i'll get you x amount of dollars how much more interesting would that character would have been and i feel like those are like the little things that i would have liked to was like like at least watching it now like Oh, because it works so perfectly. Like, yeah, he's supporting him. He's like, hey, this is great. You're never going to win. Like, go, you know, like, um, you make 37, I'll make you make 75. Right. We'll put some odds. I yeah. got some guys in Vegas. You know, he, no one ever tells Rocky to throw a fight. Like, no. You know, even like in, in Balboa, it's like, just stay in there, keep it interesting. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I agree. Um, and the music. Oh, the music is insane. Obviously, the Rocky theme is the one, but like the the tinkles of Bill yeah. Conti, the piano all throughout Bill Conti, all of them. Amazing. Well, you know, here's the thing too. Like, there's a, a the thing, and this is if you you've probably now know it so much, but Steadicam work, right? Steadicam just, is like this. That was the, the guy who invented the Steadicam. So Steadicam allows you to kind of move very fluidly. I'm trying to figure out how up to the like, stairs. Up the stairs. So basically, they the guy who invented the Steadicam was like, I want to work on this movie. Here's test footage, and he did the test of the run up the stairs. And the director was like, Avelton was like, we got to put that in the movie. Let's put that in the movie. Because he could just show that you could move a camera so kind of fluidly. The whole training montage there. And it, by the way, that's another thing. That these training montages are built up in our heads as like these big things. They're very kind of tight. I mean, like five-minute sequences. Right. Like, in, in the grand scheme of movies now, like oh, you people like even... blew out montages in such a crazy way. But they're much more refined and small. I agree. The one of the scenes, one of my favorite of all Rocky scenes, yeah. um, and the the aftermath of it is beautiful, and it just goes to show the independent quality. And you could tell they were like shoestring budget when Mickey Burgess Meredith comes yeah. to Rocky's house to uh, make his pitch to train him. Best scene, I feel like that. Break it down. I've ta- I talk about yeah. it. I'll talk about it even when I'm not talking about Rocky. Yeah, it's an amazing. Well, first of all, it's like I feel like you know you talk about this idea that like. Like, you want characters who are smart, and I feel like in that moment, like, you understand everything about these two characters. That, to me, is where the movie, like, ignites, in a way. And from that moment forward, I'm, like, fully in. Because you don't understand why he's not really supporting him, why he's kind of throwing shade at him. I don't know. I just love... That scene is just a great scene between these two people. And it's like, you see Stallone in that first moment kind of, like, yell. you, You see, like, you just see two sides of these characters that you've been living with. For a while, and you see a fully different version of them. I think, and and one of the be- more beautiful shots and moments is after he leaves. Yeah, and he cat, and it's just a you know like yeah. w- w- This is when I start. I, I was able to understand this as I got older, but it's just a wide shot, and uh, Mickey's walking down the street, and then Stallone, Balboa, yeah. Rocky, uh, you know catches up to him and at first like the, the the acting is so good because Burgess Meredith he's in character and it's almost like he thinks maybe like he's gonna come down there and beat him yeah. up or something but then he hugs him and he and obviously the, I imagine the conversation is like yo I'm sorry yeah. uh, you know like let's start working in the yeah. training and it's such a beautiful shot and the cinematic and it's like late at night and the lampposts and the loneliness just these yeah. two guys 
Um, and they have nobody. I they mean, have nothing. Um, and and I just you know like I love that shit. And and it's like I don't know. You know, there's certain movies that sort of I don't know why. If it's just me or other people, obviously you know you're here, so you're crazy enough to to have this thing with it. But it just resonates on an emotional level. That's yeah. why like those kinds of like moments, like just, not even when they're screaming, but like that moment of them, you know, coming together on the street there. Like three hundred years from now, I think will always resonate with people. I, I I really love that scene, and I also will go and say that like what I love about this movie too, and I I love like a villain in a movie because like, Apollo Creed is not a villain, right? No. They, 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 he's just a boxer, right? And everything that he does is not motivated in an evil way. He's not trying to do anything bad. I think certain Rockies. I really love Mr. T, but. It's very cartoony. It's but it's you feel afraid. Like you're like, oh fuck, this guy's gonna destroy Rocky. Like, and I think that that's a good energy. But Apollo's like kind of this in one and two, and that's why I kind of feel like those movies really are like one big story because it's sort of a, the whole arc of that. It's it's kind of perfectly done. It's a like Godfather one and two. It's just like I it's agree, telling one story. I fucking agree, man. You I know? fucking agree. I don't like the cynics out there. And I really what's there not to like about? I, it? How could you say that you like Rocky three or four more than two? I don't understand. That. You just don't know what you're talking That's about. Not a good yeah. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Uh, again, I don't think Rocky two is as great as Rocky one, but it's pretty fucking good. And you know when he has the baby, um, and the baby's in the coma. I mean, and and Adrian's in the coma, and then the conversation between Mickey and Rocky in the church. Yeah. Uh, uh, is, is, you know, he goes, you know, when you did before, that was a thing of beauty. But this guy, he don't just want to beat you. He wants to kill you. And then, of course, he, you know, she, the baby with the great hair. Yeah. <laughs> the baby comes out with great, great fucking hair. hair. Look, that's Stallone. He's still got pretty good hair, Stallone. Stallone's got, and I, it yeah. might be induced, but I don't question it. I don't question it. No. No. I don't question any of it because it's, that's my guy. You know, I worked with him on Copland. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you think I was like we, I well, mean, yeah, what was that? What was that like? I was, you know, it was, it was. Did it you was, talk to him about Rocky? Oh yeah. Okay. Does and, he like to talk about Rocky? Yeah. Okay. My dream, Paul, and I'm trying, I'm trying to pull out all the stops. I mean, yeah. I had like I worked with him. It was like two or three months. Yeah. I want him in here in that chair, yeah. and I want a Rocky podcast with Stallone because I know this. When we worked on Copland, and it wasn't just him; it's Ray Liotta. De Niro. I mean, it's the best cast of all time. But I'm like, and I'm like 26, and I'm like, I literally, like, I'm writing, like, notes, like, in a diary, like, my whole thing was, you can't bug out. Like, I had to, like. Right, right. But Stallone, somehow or another, we got in Rocky conversations, and it would be like this thing where if there was other people around, we couldn't do it. No. Okay, interesting. Okay. It was like, but when I'd catch up, because I'd had scenes with him, we'd be waiting, right. and I'd ask, and he would do scenes with me. I would do Rocky lines. He would oh. do Paulie lines. I would do Rocky lines. He would do Mickey lines. I'm floating. I'm bugging the fuck out. James Mangold, the director, he called us. He said, you can't keep talking about Rocky. We're not doing Rocky. We're doing Copeland. Stop talking to him. Wow. He, he, he like took that away from me, but like, I'm like literally like having an outer body experience but i got so comfortable with it like yeah. i asked him about sterno bums remember in rocky three when paulie like when they're training and he goes shut up you sterno bums and he explained right. the whole thing to me and he explained what sterno is which is a kind of yeah. alcohol like this is all like shit like i mean wow. if i had instagram back then yeah 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 oh, but you see like and that's the thing that i feel like the takeaway that i take from all this too is like stallone is a great actor, and he knows how to write these movies. Like, he gets it. Like, and I feel like 
Like, Even Ro- Rambo has that quality, that underdog Abs- quality. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Rambo 1 is – Rambo 1 and Rocky 1 are very similar stories. Yes. But I would say, like, I feel like the thing interesting about Stallone is – and I'll, we could talk about 4 because 4 is an interesting one in the sense that if you take away the flashbacks and the musical montages and the fight scene, it's probably like a seven-minute movie. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I think at the time – it was right for the time. Mm-hmm. So he made a movie that was right for the time. Like Balboa is right for the time. Rocky is right for the time. Creed is right for the time. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's like everyone kind of changes with the time. The music, the look, the, the, the glossiness three, of it. Rocky three is so 80s, like early 80s. Yes. Like there, there's, uh, he's very like astute at that. And I feel like- I agree. It, to not acknowledge that is, like you can't just write him off as like, oh, he's not- Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger doesn't do this. Like Schwarzenegger, you know, that was like the big rivalry back in the day, but it's like he's not even like Statham or anybody like that. This guy is like a, a he's a writer, director, actor. Like there is a purity to what he does. I think that sometimes he is like undercut that by doing things that are less than that value. But then you look at movies like when he did Copland, it's like, whoa. Could be like, oh, he's good. Like, yeah, no shit, he's good. He's been making these movies. But it's just sort of like when you see like Escape from, you know, Mega Prison 2, you're like, oh, okay, it's still a movie. You know, it's like. Lockup has a good quality to it. Lockup is good. I mean, it has that moment like they're playing football out there. Like it has, like he knows that beat. Yeah. He knows that underdog beat and like his, his lip and his voice, and there's something about his face that it just, as he's aged, he's changed his face. It just fucking works. I, I agree. Like, I feel like, and when he is vulnerable, I think that's the thing that I yes. really like. And I feel like Rocky 2, you want to talk about, I mean, Rocky 1, you're right. It's I, it's a loneliness. Rocky 2 is vulnerable. I mean, is a vulnerability because now it's like, it's worse than lonely because now he's a one hit wonder. I mean, like, yeah, I don't know what that would be in boxing, but like, but that idea, like. And he's famous, he's but then famous, he's back, he's back at the fucking meat and place. And they're making fun of him. Like, it's like, you know, they're looking at him like this. Italian guy, chicken. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that to me is, you get it, you get it. And that's why I, I, that's why I kind of go back to like a little bit of what I like in Rocky Five is like, what is he, what is he doing? Like, what, like he's like, he's lonely, like he's back to that lonely. And there's, I mean, Rocky and Balboa are the same movie in many respects, just like 40 years separate. Mm -hmm. But it's like, but it's interesting to see when he's down. I like seeing him down, not just like, this guy's tough. Like, and that's what three and four is. This guy's tough. Right. You know, it's like, um, it's like he's emotionally in a place that he's got to come up from. Now, um, but before I let you go, because we yeah. could go on and on, and, and, I and make sure, yeah, yeah and you're you're getting oh, yeah, ready yeah. to finish up shooting season one, which I'm sure is going to be a big hit of Black Monday on Showtime. This which was, also just had the boxing match this weekend with Tyson Fury, who got. Did you see that of fight? Of course, that like that. That's Rocky quality. That, Rocky that qualities. Was, that to me, I was like, I was like, oh my god, that was crazy. Just like to see him. Pop back up. <laughs> you know, I was thinking of putting together because it's the twelfth round. Yeah. Um. Obviously, in Rocky One, we forget he got knocked down in the fourteenth round. Yeah. And then Mickey's like down, down, and the other trainer's like get up, and he gets up, and then you know, like that. That's like the big moment. Yeah. It's very Rocky-ish. What did you think? Because I don't accept this. Mm-hmm. I will not accept it. I refuse to accept it. Did you did you see on social media that Stallone announced a soft retirement from the Rocky slash Creed movies? Yeah. Where yeah. where's your head on that? And will don't you accept like it. that? I don't like nope. it, won't accept it. And here's the thing. In my mind, you should have gotten out at 
Creed from Creed one to Creed two, like you had this great, like if you were going to get out, that was the time he did not leave in a way in Creed two that like, if you want to, if you want to pull that rip cord and be like, I'm out, I'm dead. I'm, I'm Mickeying on this or whatever you need to, I don't know. You need to, you need to make it a moment. You can't just be like, I'm not going to show up again on, on Instagram. Yeah. You like, and I feel like this, all right. So I know he's your friend, and I and I'm not. No, we're, say, we're I, friend. We're yeah. not friend. I mean, I'm, I I, yeah. I worked with him. You like right? You, listen, we had a great experience. I saw him about two years later at a Laker game. Like he was for for me. It's like I worked with Rocky. For him, I was just a guy that I he worked with. But here's my thing with Stallone: is I think that he doesn't. I think he gets a little bit like in his head, right? Because like he wasn't going to let Kugler do, do this Creed movie. Then Fruitvale comes out, and he's like all right, let's do it. And I think a lot of the choices from what I understand from people I've talked to were against his better judgment. He really fought them on a lot of stuff, but then it was like, whoa, he gets nominated. He wanted to get nominated for Balboa. Like he gets nominated for this. And then- And they fucking jerked him, man. Oh, totally. I, I And then he should have won that one. They and then, fucking jerked I wonder him. who won. But then- That fucking guy from that uh, uh, Spielberg movie- Oh really? Um, I know what you're talking about too. Uh, oh, it's the guy from the, the the British guy, right? The guy from yeah. I know what you're talking. I was was that Bridge of Spies that year? Or no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Sorry. So, yeah. No. We're and not talking. We don't even know his name. Yeah. We're not talking about that performance. I saw that guy on Broadway. He was great, but I don't not, give not, a not, that's a that's a fucking award to give. Like, here's Rocky. Take it. Boom. You did it for everything you give, yeah. and you made us cry again in Creed. Uh, and so, how dare you? So I think what happens is, and this is me talking out of school. I think what happens is, is he goes, uh, all right, he makes all those choices. And then, and then like, there's a part of him that is feeling like, all right, I didn't get the Oscar. So now I got to go back in. I got to now, like he, he, so he takes over the script, you know, he's like, I'm going to write this now. And at a certain point he's like, I'm going to direct this. And then people are like, mm, you shouldn't direct this one because, and I don't think you should direct it. I think it's like, you know, uh, it should be a different voice, you know, like, I it, agree. you know, it's like, it is a different franchise, yes. you know? Uh, and then I feel like he just didn't get what he wanted out of it, even though Creed Two is so successful. I think people are talking about other things. They're not talking about him in this movie. I don't think that, I don't want to spoil anything for your audience, but the end beat that he kind of was working on that we see paid off in the level that he wanted. I, I just think he, I don't think that he stuck the landing for himself that he thought he could have mm. in Creed Two. And I feel like now he's like, I'm, not, I'm done with it. You're not done. You're not done. He's got to come back. Although I did hear on set, the last day of shooting was a scene where Creed is fighting over the fire. That was the last day of shooting. And Rocky had the whole crew gathered around, or Stallone, and gave a whole speech about Rocky and passing the torch and giving the franchise. No, we're not. I'm sorry. I agree. You, 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 if you, you want it. You, you got to go out big. Like, you should have gone out when he had the cancer or or not. But you can't be, not beat cancer. I mean, come on. Rocky, of course Rocky's going to beat cancer. He has to. has to. All right, listen, Paul, this was... This was everything that I wanted. I, I, I'm so excited to be here. It was so great. Thank you so much for having me. You, no, but let me just tell you one thing. Now, I, I bought it as a gift for myself. Mm -hmm. uh, if I was really, really rich, I would, I would buy you one for this. Yeah. Um, but it's a thousand bucks, and there's a six thousand uh, dollar version. Well, what is this? Tashin Books. You know Tashin oh, Books. Oh, I've seen this book. It's a great this the history of Rocky, right? And it's the Giants, and it's so I, I I'm just saying. Okay. I, I may look into that because I actually talked the other the other day, and on the league, 
we had to deal with Tashin. That's all the books that we use, and we could take whatever one we wanted. I was so pissed off that I didn't get that book. Well, it's 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 a thousand bucks, and then there's a six thousand dollar version, which even I, I was like, bucks. I can't because I did that with the Ali book, and it's a yeah. huge book, but. That's something that you might consider, of, yeah. or your wife, forget it for you. you that, something. I will tell you that in the last week, my Rocky Renaissance has been a, a huge. I think that people should watch, watch all eight and then watch a 30 for 30. Those the two. Both 30 for oh, 30s. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great journey. You will feel good. It's Especially now in the season, it's a good time. It's a new year, fresh, you know, it's all good. Uh, and they are feel-good movies, and not in a corny way. No. I'll tell you one other thing to check out. I don't think they have them anymore, but this place called The Hundreds. They did a clothing place. Mm. They did a whole Rocky line of clothes, like, from the movie. So, like, when it was, like, when Rocky's wearing that, like, that gray sweatshirt that's, like, go, rock, go, oh. you could get that. You could get Creed's shorts. You could get Rocky shorts. You get, like, they're all, everything that people wore in the movie, they did a recreation of. It looked amazing. Do you have any pieces? No, I got. I was. I, I got. I got in too late because they like they didn't have my size at the end. I was like, oh, but they got to do another relaunch of that because when you look, you can still look at everything. Yeah, it's great. All right, Paul uh, Shear, I appreciate it, and I can't wait to hear your Rocky podcast uh, <laughs> breakdown. Thank you, my man. That was so fun. All right, there you have it. I told you it was going to be good. I told you he was an aficionado. I told you he had strong opinions. I loved it. That was fantastic. I have to say, that was fulfilling. There's not many people that I feel like could go toe-to-toe with me and have their own opinions about Rocky and me have to respect them, take them in, digest them, and really marinate on them. Paul Shear, thank you for coming on the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. Apollo Rappaport. This is the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast. Miles Jordan, take us out of here with something real nice, something real proper, something real funky.